The Raiders fired their defensive line coach, Frank Oakham. Um, did he get fired because Chandler He was Jones the problem. That wasn't any good. He's the problem. <laughs> He's fired the defensive line coach. Uh, Tashawn Reed tweeted out yesterday that Frank Oakham was actually specifically in charge of the interior defensive linemen, which they also weren't very good at pressuring the quarterback uh, interior this year either. So... He's taken the blame here overall. I'd be willing to bet if Chandler Jones had 10 and a half sacks instead of four and a half sacks, he probably still has his job yeah. today. Which, by the way, seeing this news and looking up the Chandler Jones contract reminded me of how bad it is. Uh, if the Raiders cut Chandler Jones this offseason, they'd have a dead cap hit of $25 million. Uh, but they'll keep him and he'll have a cap hit of $19 million this season and a cap hit of $19 million in 2024. Now, if they cut him after the 2023 season to avoid that $19 million dead cap hit in 2024, he still comes with a $7 million dead cap hit. There's a legitimate chance Chandler Jones is on this team for three full seasons because of the salary the Raiders gave him. I think they might, if he does four and a half sacks again, I could see him taking the $7 million dead cap yeah. hit and fire and, and cutting him. Yeah, I think you might. And a lot of it will depend on how much other cap space you have and what other roster needs you have. I think you are right if he has another four and a half sack season. Then you got to move on from him. Right. So, he's sure, surely he's going to be better. <sighs> what is I he, don't 30, know. He's 34, so. That's the other thing. We, we don't talk about enough his age. Yeah. Like, they gave that long, long is relative in NFL terms, but they gave a long contract to a guy in his early 30s, 30s. that runs until he's 35, and he fell off a cliff in year one. Like, it'd be one thing if they had gotten 11 sacks out of him, and then he fell oh, off a cliff in year two. Yeah. He fell off the cliff in year one, yeah. and I think he'll be better than four and a half sacks, but... That's counting on a 34-year-old to improve on what he was at 33, and that seems unlikely at this point. He did score a touchdown, though, by stiff-arming Mac Jones into the by earth. putting Mac Jones into the turf. That was beautiful. I, I was talking to a buddy yesterday who said he could still watch that a thousand times and, 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 laugh the, and laugh every time. He, he brought that up. Because it's, it's not only a great game-winning play for your favorite team, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, it's one of the funniest things you're ever going to see happen. My friend said he, 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 he wants to watch that, like, every day. <laughs> like, just, you know, you need a laugh. You need some good times, and you just throw that on there. Is there is it the only example of an inadvertent touchdown that has a highlight-level play in it? Where the guy, the guy who caught the ball in Chandler Jones was not expecting to be part. No, he, he gave up on the play. That's the funniest part. He stopped pursuing the ball and just was like, I'll hang out with Mac Jones. Is that the football? I got it. <laughs> Next question. Standing in your corner. Next question. Russell Westbrook was bought out by the Jazz and is expected to be headed to the LA Clippers, where the reports are. Adrian Wojnarowski's reported this. Sham Sharni's reported this. He is expected to start for the Clippers, would take Terrence Mann's spot at point guard, and Russell Westbrook would be a starter for the L.A. Clippers. Can he really, knowing it's Russell Westbrook, can he really play the way Ty Lue wants him to play? That's the key. If he could play that way, and I just don't think he can. I don't think he can. I think he'll be jacking up shots, and I think he'll be just doing things that are detrimental to the team. Instead of playing, I guess they said Ty Lue and uh, Lawrence Frank had a really, really long conversation with him. Like, hey, this is your role. We need you to be the role, uh, whether it's facilitator, whatever, to Paul George and Kawhi. 
I just don't know if Russell Westbrook is has the ability to play that way and not want to do things that led to his leaving the Lakers. I would guess. I, I well, let me ask you this: Do you think getting bought or getting traded by the Lakers and bought out by the Jazz, basically being dumped, no, changes him? Right. Does does Russell Westbrook does he a look at it and say, oh wow. That didn't go well with the Lakers, and they just dumped me. I need to change what I'm doing if I want this to work with another team. Or does it make Russell Westbrook say, "I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to average 25." I think it's more the latter, and I think that, and I think that's what's going to hurt them. I think that's what's going to hurt them. Here's they were doing pretty well, I think, with the moves they had made. They kind of set themselves up to be. Well, they I think they set themselves up to be contenders, right? I think the, the actual answer to the question on Russell Westbrook, it might simply be, what does Paul George tell him? Because from all the reporting, the only reason that the Clippers are bringing in Russell Westbrook is because he's good friends with Paul George, that Paul George has been pushing for this, and maybe Kawhi to some extent too, but largely Paul George. They played together in Oklahoma City for a couple of seasons. How much does Paul George tell Russell Westbrook? This is who you are here? Right. We don't need you to be Russell Westbrook. We need you to be our well, point guard. Paul George is smart. That's exactly what he's doing. And if if Paul George tells him that, then I think there's a chance Maybe it's it different happens. from the Ty Lue telling him that. But I also don't know if Paul George is because Paul George is out there pushing for Russell Westbrook and the Russell Westbrook he played with. And the one he knows right. plays a different way. Right. So I would not put a high percentage on that happening, but I think that's your if you're the Clippers, that's your best case for what role does Westbrook play? Whatever one Paul George tells him is okay to play. Yeah. I can't. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah. Uh, you're proud of yourself. Yeah, Fox backs me. Wow. Well, and to be honest, to be honest. No, 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 that's enough. That's enough. Next question, please. We've got a couple of Daniel Jones items here. First off, he hired a new agent. Uh, Daniel Jones does not have a contract for 2023. The Giants did not pick up his fifth-year option before this past season. So he could be franchise-tagged if he doesn't get a new deal. Now, the other two things is from the ESPN story on Daniel Jones hiring a new agent, uh, ESPN wrote, the expectation prior to the agent switch was that a long-term deal with Daniel Jones would come in at more than $35 million per season, according to sources. And then yesterday, Mike Florio, he put out a story where he has sources telling him that Daniel Jones wants $45 million per season. (laughs) I mean... I mean, I'd want it too, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm asking for fifty. Doesn't mean I have. Doesn't mean they have to pay him that, wouldn't you? I'm like, hey, here's the going rate for starting quarterbacks. I'd like fifty. I mean, it's crazy to think that they would pay him anything like that, but I'd be asking for it if, if I'm I the mean, new agent. If it was fifty-two one-year deal guaranteed, and then next year, you guys, we could figure out a longer-term thing. <laughs> so, I. Here's the thing. When I put started putting the rundown together, I initially didn't have the Mike Florio $45 million per year story. And I put in our rundown talking about $35 million. Does anyone think that is a good idea? Because I do not think paying Daniel Jones $35 million on a long-term extension is a good idea. Maybe if it's a one-year franchise tag situation, which is roughly $35 million. But Daniel Jones for $35 million? Yeah. The guys had one good NFL yeah. season. And it wasn't even that good. I can't imagine paying $35 million, let alone $45 million. Hey. 
New agent. <laughs> He's probably going to get franchise tagged, and the Giants are probably going to give him. I would tag him. Right. Basically a one-year, 30-something million fully guaranteed. Yes. Hey, if you are even better than you were this past season, we got you. We'll sign you to that right. extension. If you're the same guy or worse, we're probably we'll tag him again. Him. Yeah, well, at that point, it'd no. probably be like 50 million for one <laughs> then season. Then he would get his yeah. 45 million. <laughs> so I just, what it, what happened? Daniel Jones had like one mediocre season and is like, you are paying me Patrick Mahomes money. Even more than him. That's right, because this deal's yeah. relatively cheap. You are paying me the contract I saw Justin Herbert was getting. I'm waiting for Mahomes to want to redo his deal, looking around <laughs> saying, wait a minute, who are these guys? And what the because I think he's in the thirties. If when he, he wins, signed his deal, if right? he wins two more Super Bowls, he'll say, All right, I've got enough Super Bowls, it's time to get paid. Let's redo this contract. Yeah. <laughs> time to get I'd paid. Redo it. <laughs> Step back one legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? All right. This is one of my favorite quotes of the offseason. The offseason just started. Uh, this is offensive coordinator Ben Johnson of Detroit. He's he's staying with the Lions. Apparently, he interviewed with some other teams, but he wants to stay in Detroit. And this is the quote he gave to uh, 97 won the ticket in Detroit. He went to a Garth Brooks concert in Detroit, and he said, I remember sitting there thinking at the time, I was just soaking it in, the atmosphere, and it was like, holy cow, this is what a home playoff game is going to be like, and this is what I want to be a part of. This is what I want to feel, and this is what I want to experience. It made me feel some type of way, and I kept going back to that as part of the process. This man sat at a Garth Brooks concert in Detroit and thought, this is what I want to feel during a Lions home playoff game. I felt the same way sitting in Allegiant for Garth Brooks that I'd be covering a Raiders home playoff game. And this is what the atmosphere would feel like covering that game. Uh, a lot of people going, can you hear him? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Here's a real question the same for way. you. I, the Lions have played one home playoff game in my life. <laughs> in my entire life, they've played one home playoff game. They have played two home playoff games since 1960. Jeez. This guy's going to be waiting a long time. Did he know that when he was sitting at the Garth Brooks concert? Even if the Lions have a good season. They're probably on the road. They're probably a wild card team <laughs> and they don't get to host the playoff yeah, exactly. game. Exactly. And he was like, oh, Garth Brooks, this is what it's going to feel like. What? Of all the reasons, like, I can understand... Uh, the head coach is great or something. Or, yeah, we're improving. We're right. going to be good. The we're offense be was good. Yeah, it was, it was, exactly. Uh, those could be all valid reasons, right. but he came in with, you know, when we have a home playoff game for the first time in 95 Dude, just years. Just like that Garth concert. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Shohei Otani's agent hinted at Otani going to free agency. Uh, he said, DSPN, I've always been open to it. But there's several layers to this one, and Shohei's earned the right to play through the year, explore free agency, and we'll see where it shakes out. Well, be crazy not to go to free agency. Is there what any, he's going to make? Is there any reason he signs back with the Angels? Like, obviously, they might end up paying that, him the most money, but... In that division where they're not going to win? No. Yeah. You have to go. If you're that guy, what you, if he has another year like he's had, what in the world is that guy getting, man? <laughs> 
Never, never mind Daniel Jones. What's this guy going to demand on the open market? The the fun part is there's already been stories about it, but if he does actually, if we get into the season and it becomes pretty clear he's not staying, signing an extension with the Angels and he's going into free agency, the contract comparisons are going to be incredible because people have already started where it's like, all right, um, he, he basically had a season as like a top 10 hitter in the American League, so you should probably pay him like a top 10 hitter. But he also just had a top 10 pitching season, so you should probably also pay him like a top 10 pitcher. And, oh, we combine those two together, and, oh, my God, that's $80 million. What do we do with this? Like, it might be one of the most ridiculous contracts we've ever seen. Well, the first number's got to start with a five, right? Has to. Has if to. not more than that. Yeah. But it has to be $50 million plus yeah. if you're if you're signing Otani, or if Otani's going to sign. And I, honestly... I hope we have a legitimate bidding war between like the Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Dodgers. whoever else is like, we're willing to spend whatever. And then the Mariners come out of nowhere and are just like, (laughs) oh yeah, well, we're making him the owner. The Rockies are like, eh, Chris Bryant needs one good teammate. (laughs) Here's all of the money we've ever spent on any player ever. But Otani could be going to free agency. All right. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas is, is San Diego state going to the pac 12 like tomorrow? Steve Cofield. Well, the golf part, I, I can do. It's just a matter of whether I can get get from point A to point B. Um, that's been the, the, the struggle part of it. I can hit shots. I can hit balls on the range. I can chip. I can putt. Um, it's just getting from point A to point B has been the biggest challenge. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Was that Tiger basically saying, I can play golf, I just can't walk the course? basically three or four days for four hours or however long it takes him to play. Uh, yeah. He came off uh, the course, I think yesterday and he was walking down the hill. I th- I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, uh, the the video of him. It was, it was a chore, man. It was a chore to walk into, I don't know if he was going into sign his card or what he was doing, but man, he was, he had, he was limping. Cause he, he fell off Sunday, right? He yeah. had a very good first three days and then <laughs> Sunday was pretty bad. So you're telling me, I, as I'm not even a casual golf fan, but somebody who would watch Tiger Woods could probably watch Tiger Woods be competitive, maybe not win anything, but be a competitive golfer like 10 times a year if they just give this man a golf cart. Um, yeah, I think he'd be a lot more competitive than he is. Just give this man a golf cart. I, I would also, after my weekend, like a <laughs> golf cart. <laughs> it's against the rules, boys. Why? It's against the rules. So everyone's got to do it. Everyone's got to walk it. Give them all golf carts. I don't care if they all. Have, I don't care. Give them all golf carts. Just give it to them. It's fine. Get it sponsored. Give them bird scooters. Right. That was the whole uh, lawsuit from Casey Martin, uh, uh, who had the disability, who wanted to drive in the golf cart, and there was lawsuits about that um, a while back. But yeah, he he wanted to drive in the golf cart also. Relief pitchers get little golf carts to drive them out of the bullpen in baseball, and then they got to make one trip from the bullpen to the mound. Get get the golf. Jared's right. Put some NASCAR like sponsorships on the golf carts. That'd be great for the golfers right. afterwards to talk about the, all the sponsors yes. on, on like they do in NASCAR. Yes. Well, I was driving the MMM cart here and uh, <laughs> got me down to the six hole as quickly as possible. I needed to get that chip. Give them damn golf. What are we doing here? And then you can create the separate golf division that I want where they have to, all four players, tee off at the same time, and it's a race. 
Isn't that a Mario Golf game? Yes, okay, yes, yes. I've been trying to get, like, it's the greatest thing that Mario Golf has done in a long time, and I'm like, this is what golf should be doing. Yeah, okay, so you have regular golf, then give Tiger Woods a golf cart, and then more athletic people, or people with functioning bodies better than Tiger Woods, tee off, and then they've got to sprint down the course <laughs> to hit their next shot. And it doesn't matter how many shots you take, it's just first in the cup wins. Is all that matters. You're just sprinting the entire. And you have time. to decide, like, okay, I do I keep the wood in my right hand, even though it's slowing me down while I'm running, or right. do I throw it? Yeah, <laughs> and I'll get it. Up, I'll have my caddy just walk behind me. Yeah, no, yeah, you got to outrun your caddy. Your caddy's just there to help you between holes. Yep, hundred percent. I'm on board. Your your golf game actually wouldn't even be that important anymore. It'd just be, are you kind of okay at golf and faster than the other guys? <laughs> Exactly. Like, can you Are get you in cl- better shape? Right. Can you get close and then just be faster than everybody else? It'd be great. Which, by the way, Danny, degenerate Danny, did not win his bet of Tiger Woods withdrawing. No, he did not. Um, he might have actually been close if Tiger Woods is complaining afterwards about not being able to walk the course and had a really bad Sunday. And I did not see this video of him struggling he to walk. He was struggling to walk downhill. So Danny was close is what you're telling me? Well, it was after his final round. Right, so but he, yeah, I mean, I guess he was close, but I think if you're going through Sunday, you're going to try your best to finish it. Yeah. So, Degenerate Danny. I also, what did he tell us? Told us he bet on Max Homa and Rory McElroy to win. Yep. So he didn't win any of his he bets. He didn't win anything. Didn't work out well for him. All right. Let's spend a little bit of time here on a tweet from Jason Shear, who covers Arizona. He tweeted at a swim and dive championship banquet in Houston yesterday. The San Diego State Athletic Director told people San Diego State will be joining the Pac-12 and it will be announced soon. Do you believe an AD is walking around a swimming and diving banquet telling people this? That was my first question. I was like, really? Really? He was walking around telling people we're joining the Pac-12 and it's happening soon? I don't know. Because I'm curious. Who who are the people he told? Who would he tell? Because... Is he just walking around telling some random diver on the San Diego State team, hey, you stick around a few years, you'll be diving in the Pac-12? Or when, he, when this tweet says he told people, was this like he informed the commissioner of the Mountain West, hey, we're probably leaving? Because I, I guess I could see that. Like if it was a, hey, at a, at a banquet? <sighs> Hey, I just got off the phone with George Kliakov of the Pac-12, and it sounds like they're going to send us an invite in the next month month or whatever it is. I could buy that a little bit more, but even that, I still find it a little bit hard to believe that you would just say, hey, the, the Pac-12 might yeah, invite that us. Would, putting that out there publicly yeah. like that, I don't know. I saw that, and I'm like, did he really do that? Or... Is it just speculation because everyone has reported at San Diego right. State and SMU? What let, if we do assume it's true and, and San Diego State thinks they're joining the Pac-12 soon? What is soon to you? I think it's, I think it's this summer because I still think I still think the Oregon's and Washingtons are going to want to know what the media rights deal is for the Pac-12 before they make any decisions of staying in the Pac-12. And well, boy, do they if, have if options. They, I think the Big Twelve would if the big if the Big Twelve wants to get into the Western um, time zone, which that which that uh, commissioner has said, and he knows that those two are interested. Yeah, I think they'd have options. I think they'd have options in the Big Twelve. Would you leave the Pac Twelve to go to the Big Twelve if you're Oregon? 
Because I mean, what's, how much money am I getting on the meteorites? How much money am I getting? Because yeah, it, it'd be more, but it's not as much as the big. Like the Big Ten's a no-brainer because right. you're getting what are they going to be getting sixty or seventy million right. a year per school. Whereas, like, let's say if the Pac-12's next media deal is, let's just say it's thirty million per school, is the Big Ten is is at about? Are they at forty? They might not even be at forty. But like, if it's the Big let's Ten, just, let's just no the Big Twelve. If Big it's 12. just if it's just a ten million dollar increase. Is that worth it? I mean, if you think your conference with the San Diego States and the SMUs are going to be exponentially worse and you're only on streaming services and you're not on networks, it probably is worth it. Because if you join the Big 12 now, you're in the same conference as Central Florida. And Houston and BYU and Cincinnati now, No, right? but I mean travel-wise. You're, you're in oh, Oregon yeah. and Washington, well, and you're in the same conference as Central I mean, Florida. USC's tennis team is going to Wisconsin. Right, but they're getting 70, 80 million a year. They're they're getting a massive bump in revenue. Is a $10 million bump in revenue worth playing Central Florida every single year in every single mm, sport? Good point. I, I think even if there was more money in the Big 12, I think Oregon and Washington might stay put in the Pac-12. Now, if it's all of our 20 games, million. all of our games are on Hulu and you can make 20 to 30 more million going to the Big 12. Then I think you go. Right. But if it's a small increase, eh, it's probably worth it to stick around in the Pac-12 unless the Big Ten comes offering because the Big Ten and the SEC are the two. Anybody, any school gets offered a Big Ten or an SEC offer and you're taking it. Well, you just it. go because of the money. Right. Regardless. It doesn't matter. You're taking it. Um, but I'd be curious to see kind of what happens with the Pac-12 and how they na- navigate signing a new media deal, keeping their current membership and adding new membership. Because one of the reports has been about inventory and them wanting to have more game. They need more games to sell. Yeah, they need more games. So they need to expand from that regard. But does expanding, do you still keep everybody you had in Oregon and Washington and all of that? Um, the other question to ask you, what happens to the Mountain West if San Diego State leaves? I think the UNLV rises. <laughs> Is this the is this the answer to our first question, our first bite? When will UNLV be good at basketball? When San Diego State gets the hell out of the conference? <laughs> now we just need to get rid of like Boise How, State, yeah, Utah I was about State, say. Nevada. <laughs> that will keep Nevada because UNLV can randomly beat them at football. It happens, but like if you're the Mountain West, so you'd see if they left, it's eleven football and ten basketball. Yeah. So yeah, right now it's twelve and eleven. Right now it's twelve and eleven. And so if if it, if the Pac twelve said we're taking San Diego State and we're taking SMU and we're done, and you're the Mountain West and you now have eleven football schools and ten basketball schools, do you just sit tight or do you look to add UTEP, UTSA, New Mexico State, or do you get into to like Dallas or Houston with Rice or or North Texas or something like that? Like, okay, I'm not saying it's the right move. But I think they would look to add. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's the right move. I think they would look to add if San Diego State left. I do not know what the right move is, because I don't think adding New Mexico State or UTEP or UTSA does anything for you. Like you're not really. I guess UTSA is in San Antonio, but like you don't need to add any more of New Mexico. You don't need El Paso. It's basically New Mexico. San Antonio, I guess, is fine, but UTSA is not a big deal. Would, to me, would it only make sense if you add North Texas because they're in because the, they're, Dallas they're in the Dallas area or Rice because they're in the Houston, Houston area? area? 
Like, does, is that what was that? Would that make the most sense from the Mountain West standpoint? Is to add yourself into a big, even if you're getting like, does anybody well, care? Yeah, I mean, about does anybody North care Texas? about Rice football or, or no. North Texas football? No. But you're in the market, and that's better than not being in it. UTEP. That's better than yeah. New Mexico State, right? So, because who who would even be another option? Like, am I forgetting a school that would be a a, a decent option? No. Like. I can't. Yeah. So those are really maybe you maybe you go and try to convince Tulane to join you and get into New Orleans, but North Texas might be the best option. Yeah. I mean, Tulane. I'm not saying that's even a good option. Like I said, I don't. Right. I don't think like all the schools you named. I don't think they do anything for you. So I think you stand pat. But I just have a feeling if they lose someone, they're going to say we need to add somebody. Because yeah. twelve football teams. I think losing one wouldn't be a big deal in terms of numbers, but I do think you might proactively try to add if you lose one, because you might be worried, Oh, we might lose two or three. Right. Right. Like it, there might be another, like if the big 12, Boise, comes, Fresno state, right. And then all of a sudden, Oh wow. We lost four teams and we're down to eight conference members. Right. And you might proactively add if they poach San Diego state, just to be proactive about losing members in the future too. Okay. So they need to be in sort of the, I, I still believe in like, you know, you work the region. So we go with University of Phoenix, Grand, Grand, Canyon, Canyon, Grand Canyon, and a local DeVry that's out of Colorado. Uh, if Grand Canyon played football, they would be a legitimate, yeah. it'd be a legitimate conversation about adding them, but they don't. So they've got the money. They're charging the students. They should. They should have a football team, but they don't. Their True. basketball program has been, I think they're actually kind of bad this year, but they've been fine. Their baseball program, like they're fine with their other programs that you could legitimately add them if they had a football team, but they don't. So they don't really bring you very much value. All right. Coming up next, uh, not Charles McDonald, Jared tells me. Instead, we'll get in some Golden Knights as they are back in action tonight. Kings in LA, right? I'm sure you went beyond your dreams. We are back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Does that kid have any idea who plays in his arena? The who? (laughs) He misidentified a hockey team that plays in his own arena, and it's great. He called the hockey team in Vegas the Kings, when in fact LeBron James shares an arena. With the LA Kings. With the Kings. Oh, that's great. Do you think Bill Foley? Golden the Knights. Who? Do you who? think Bill Foley uh, had a little bit of an ego shot when LeBron James didn't know the name of his hockey team? Yeah, I'm sure inside he's like, oh man, that stinks. That's a bad. That's Get a the bad chopper. Clip. Yeah, that's. <laughs> we're gonna go land on LeBron's lawn. <laughs> And in five years, we're gonna give him some public money to bring an NBA yes, team to exactly. Vegas too. Unbelievable going to be great. Um, the Golden Knights play again tonight. Uh, they beat Tampa over the weekend 5-4. They led 4-2 after one period uh, and then with a one goal lead in the third, they only allowed five shots on goal from Tampa. They did allow an empty net goal by Tampa Bay, but the Golden Knights have taken a two goal lead at that point. So a very impressive win and now they play Chicago tonight. Chicago is terrible. Uh, so they should the way hockey works, they're gonna to lose tonight six to three. Laurent Bassard in net. Yeah. Um, so that's the other interesting part of this. Logan Thompson is out at the moment. 
Aiden Hill has been the number one goalie for what a week or so. And he is now out with what Bruce Cassidy called a bump. Yeah. Bump <laughs> is the bump upper or lower body. I don't even think he said that. Did he? No, I think he just, he said, just a said a bump. The golden Knights, uh, have recalled Michael Hutchison, um, to the NHL roster, which means their goalies are Laurent Brossois and Michael Hutchison, uh, which means the first place team in the Pacific division is currently having their third, third and, fourth and fourth goalies, goalies as their top two goalies in the NHL. Hutchison's only played seven games, by the way, with the silver Knights this season. He does have 137 career NHL games. Uh, he played eight games last season with Toronto. So, what do you make of their current goalie situation and what it means in the next uh, two weeks or so before the trade deadline? I still don't think, I think if Logan Thompson's close to coming back, I still don't think they're going to make a move for a goalie. I still think it's going to be Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. I don't know how long bumps last. <laughs> usually, usually injuries in that, in that league last a lot longer than, you know, you suspect they would. Um, unless you're having back surgery, then you're out yeah. for a long time. Um, I, I think within two weeks, they're back to Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill, and they're going to ride with it. So I'm guessing bump is pretty short-term, right? Coach says you have a bump. I'm assuming that's short-term. Maybe I shouldn't make that assumption, but I'm assuming Aiden Hill's not out for a long time. Um, and Logan Thompson's injury has not... Nobody's really raised the alarm bells that it could be a long-term injury. So the assumption right now is that... Those two will be back sometime be back. in the near future, and those two can be your goalies going into uh, the stretch run and then the postseason. I guess the main question would be is if Logan Thompson is actually going to be out for longer or if Logan Thompson has some sort of setback here, would that make them change their mind and potentially go after a goalie? Now, that I think is a different scenario. Yeah, I think that's a different scenario that if he's out, then I do think they'd look at who's who's at least who's available because and the reason that I bring up the idea of him having a setback or being longer than expected, we literally just saw it with Mark Stone, right? Bruce Cassidy thought Mark Stone was coming back after the All Star break, and then like two days after he said that, they announced he was having surgery yeah. and his season might be over. So if Logan Thompson has some sort of similar timeline where oh this is actually going to be much longer than we thought. I'd be curious to see what they actually do with their goalie situation. The other part, like even if the Golden Knights decided, hey, we need we should add a goalie. We think that's a weakness on the roster. And we should add one. The other part that's fascinating is they have to take into consideration Robin Leonard when it comes to adding a goaltender. Because if you add a goaltender that has that that's not a free agent after this season, that has another year on his contract. Robin Leonard's presumably back next yeah, year as, as a $5 million dollar goalie. As the goalie. Logan Thompson's been good enough that, hell, he can be the starter, but is definitely your backup. Yep. So if they ever decided to trade for a goalie, they'd almost have to go get a guy that's going to be a free agent. They'd have to get agent. an Aiden Hill who's going to be a free agent right. in the summer. Because if you added another goalie that had contract yeah. to the next season, you'd be like, oh, that's too many goalies. Unless that right. guy was really, really good and clearly better than Robin Leonard and Logan Thompson. But... Who's Those, available at that right, point? That guy, th that type of guy, isn't always going to be available. available at the deadline. Yesterday, the Golden Knights put Mark Stone on long-term IR. Most likely, it was to open up a roster spot to add Michael Hutchison. Uh, but should we read into that that a trade could be coming soon with his now nine and a half yeah. million dollars in cap space freed up? It's this team. 
I suspect something's going to happen. Yeah, why wouldn't we? Uh, uh, why wouldn't we suspect something's going to happen? Um, is it Patrick Kane? I hope not. Elliot, <laughs> Elliot Friedman on Hockey Night in Canada got asked, where does Patrick Kane end up? And he said Vegas or Edmonton. Do you think Patrick Kane helps this team? Yes, but not to the level as much as a ten and a half million dollar right. salary right. cap exactly. hit should. Like if Patrick Kane costs two million dollars, it's a no brainer. But Patrick Kane is going to eat up basically all of the cap space you create by putting Mark Stone on long term yeah. IR. So no, I don't think he helps them enough to do that. There are probably better avenues. The other question I would have is what's the price? For Patrick Kane, are you trading a first-round pick for Patrick Kane? No. I wouldn't either. And that if that's the price, I think you I think you have to pass. He has not been that good this season. No. And you can probably get his production from another player who's cheaper, both against the cap and... What you have to give up. Right. So I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense, but... I, let me phrase it this way. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense in my mind from building the roster for the postseason, but it does make a whole lot of sense based on what the Golden Knights have done in the past that they are definitely well, they're definitely going to trade for him. Yeah. The other part they about can't help El- themselves. The other part about Elliot Friedman saying that Vegas or Edmonton. If you're the Golden Knights and you hear the Edmonton Oilers are interested in Patrick Kane, they're going to give him two first round picks for Patrick Kane. <laughs> They're going to say, oh, well, Uh-oh. you know, I can't go to Edmonton. No, not in the Pacific. They they might pass us and beat us in the playoffs. We can't have that happen. We've got to trade for him. I, when Friedman said that, I almost felt like, did Chicago tell him that to create some bidding war that doesn't exist? He's, they've told both sides. Yeah. Like, ah, the Oilers. Uh-oh. You better watch out. They might get Patrick Kane. McPhee and McCurman are like, oh. All right. Uh, do we have any more young players to trade away? Can we interest you in Shea Theodore? We'll send you Shea Theodore. I'm telling you, I wouldn't trade for him. I wouldn't either. So, I mean, I guess if... I'm if, sure they will. I'm 10 o'clock it, this morning. If Chicago was like, yeah, fourth round pick will do. <laughs> All right. Then I might give him a fourth. But I don't even know. I might not even give up a second, to be completely honest with you, for Patrick Kane, just given what the cap hit is and that you can probably get a couple of other players. Because the whole goalie conversation... I actually need to read about who's actually available at goalies. I apologize. I don't actually know who is, but the Golden Knights haven't had great goaltending this year. The goaltending has been fine, but it hasn't been great by any means. You can make an argument that they need to improve their goaltending to win the Stanley Cup. Like you can make the argument that Logan Thompson just being a average or better goalie is not good enough to win the cup, that you need better than that. And so they should go after a goalie. So I actually think I'd prefer that over Patrick Kane at this point because I think that would actually help them a little bit more than Patrick Kane. He just hasn't and his, been good, and especially at that number. Yeah, and his eight goals or whatever it is this season. All right, we got tickets to give away to the Mountain West Tournament. Here's how it works. Right now, you win a pair of tickets to a session for the Mountain West Tournament, but you're also entered to win a VIP package. That includes parking. That includes food. That includes drinks. And it includes tickets to all sessions of the Mountain West Tournament. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You win a pair of tickets to a session of the Mountain West Tournament, and you're entered to win that VIP package. 702-364-1100. 
That's the phone number. Call in now. Caller 7 is going to take home some Mountain West tournament tickets. Now it comes out high for a drive. Stop. Rebound. At the side of the goal. Marcheseau scores. Just as the penalty clock expires, Jonathan Marcheseau tucks it in at the left post. Vegas has a 4-2 lead. Two goals for Jonathan Marcheseau against his own club. Text Granny and Bischoff at 69187 with the word ESPN. All right, I got a tweet for you. This is from Justin Bruce, who's a meteorologist for KTNV. Peak winds expected this evening between 8 and midnight. In Henderson, as low as 65 miles an hour. In Summerlin, as high as 80 miles an hour. Looking forward to it out in Summerlin. Very happy about this. I told you we've got some things outside that uh, we'll be either put in the trash or put down because they would go right through our windows at 80 miles an hour. Um, according to weather.gov, an F1 tornado is 73 to 112 miles an hour. And we're getting up to 80 tonight. So Summerlin will experience wind gust equal to what an F1 tornado would be. Now, obviously, it's not a tornado. It's just a gust. But... Similar. Uh, can I read you the um, the scale here for tornado size? Uh, gives you expected damage done. Oh, it's beautiful. For an F1 tornado. Um, the lower limit is the beginning of hurricane wind speeds. Peels surface off roofs. Roofs. Mobile homes pushed off foundations or overturned. Moving autos pushed off the roads. Attached garages may be destroyed. Uh, you're making me feel better. <laughs> I think you're doing that just to get in my get inside my head for tonight. Well, here's the thing. You don't have a mobile home, so you're not going to get pushed off your foundation. The, I'm the a, roof. I'm assuming you don't have an attached garage. You have an actual garage. Yes. Right? So your garage is going to be fine. You don't have a carport? <laughs> Maybe you're going to be driving, but this is probably going to keep you straight no, on the road. No, I am not. <laughs> I'm not going to be driving. Uh, so really, the only thing from that you have to worry about is Peel's surface of roofs. That and letting the uh, bulldog get out to do his business. Yeah, take him out before eight. He will be taken out before eight. <laughs> he will absolutely be taken out before eight. And then after that, it's like, hey, wait till the morning. <laughs> it's going to blow away. You wait till the morning. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a great visual. Just a bulldog floating past yes. the window. <laughs> Rory, Ed's, hold, Ed's where holding onto the leash like a kite. Rory, yeah. where are you going? Yeah, it's going to be great. So. There's your potential uh, extremely high winds tonight. Don't worry. It's not an F2, uh, Ed, which uh, the roofs get torn off of houses. Mobile homes are demolished. Man, if it hits 80, that's going to be strange being inside listening to that. Yeah. It's pretty, oh, pretty man. Pretty fast. Man. That won't be good. So you're worried about umbrellas coming through the window? Yeah. 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 Oh, we'll we'll put that down. We won't have that up. There's just no way. No, if the, if it's going to reach this amount, don't forget, don't get home and be like, "Oh, it's going to be eight oh five and all of a sudden you forgot no, about no. the umbrellas. I have this on my mind right now. Okay, in my mind all day. Get the get the laundry you're drying outside inside yep. too. Well, that was taken in yesterday, Tyler, <laughs> and folded <laughs> and put put Actually, away. If you have any that's wet, tonight <laughs> around eight would be a great time to get that stuff dried real fast. <laughs> Were they folded and put away, or are they folded sitting on a table somewhere? Uh, half are on a like a table, 
and I think half were put away. Because I do like 90% of the laundry in our house, and I fold my clothes, put them away immediately. I fold her clothes, they're out until I complain about them still being out. You just set them down for her? Yes. But you fold them? Yeah, I fold her clothes and put them, because uh, she doesn't like, ah, don't put them away, because whatever, it's a, her closet's a chaotic mess, and I don't know where things go, whatever. But yeah, so my key is I put them on the bed so that when she's like, oh, I want to go to right. bed, I've got to put these clothes away. But then she just puts them on the floor next to right. the bed. Next, yeah, <laughs> puts them on the floor. Exactly. And then goes to bed. So put your clothes away when they get folded. I think we've discussed this at a previous Jared's Dumb Questions. Are you guys put the like dirty dishes in the sink, people? What do you mean by that? You mean I, what I always did was I always scraped it, hit it with a sponge, and then put it in the dishwasher. I have now oh, lived with someone for that, several years. Ah. It's just like dirty dishes, no matter how dirty, they go in the sink. And so you're trying to fill up the Brita, and you're like, there, there, there's a mountain of pots and pans. Yeah, no, we don't use our dishwasher. We just hand clean everything. And we, well, we use our dishwasher as our drying rack, basically. But oh. I do remember this conversation. Yeah. No, I we use the dishwasher. No, we we don't really use a whole lot. So and like we they, use the dishwasher, but not the dryer. <laughs> they share a fork. <laughs> <laughs> well, the real problem is, is you can't like put a pan, like a frying pan, in the dishwasher. We don't do that. But dishes. So if I'm going to clean spoons, the frying pan, I might as well clean the two plates that we used as well. It <laughs> no, takes two more seconds. 